I told you not to put metal in the science oven, you know? Uh, yeah, I'll put, I'll put I, whatever I want in my oven. <laughs> yeah, for exactly. the record, I think I might refer to my microwave as a science oven for the rest of my life. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to episode 78 of the Movie Bite Podcast, a show all about movies, movie reviews, movie news, trailers, and more. We are recording on Tuesday, February 4th, 2014. I'm TJ, your host, and joining me today is our special con artist, our favorite con artist, our favorite co-host, Chad Hopkins. How are you, Chad? I'm doing great, TJ. How are you? Doing well. How's how's your uh, week been going so far? Um, it's been, it's had its ups and downs. It started kind of down. I had a little bit of a stomach virus on Sunday, but uh, I'm back on the up and up and just working my way through a busy week. Well, it wasn't, you weren't the only one who was feeling a little bit down. I mean, we didn't know whether we were going to have you on the podcast until we got your computer going again. <laughs> yeah, my, my computer is a little sick too, I think. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll put this uh, screenshot in the uh, show notes of, of what you sent me, <laughs> just because it's so uh, so typical of, of what I would expect from Windows. Um, so there, there, there I'll, I'll put it in the show notes uh, moviebyte.com slash mbpodcast slash 78 we also have somebody else on the Skype line with us today uh, and that would be uh, someone who I apparently don't don't uh, uh, I don't know his name properly or something it's Mike Mikey Fizz Fizzle I, I, I don't know you, you figure it out uh, I'm, hi Mikey how are you I'm well. I appreciate you trying so hard, TJ. It really, truly means a lot to me Um, because I I realize for a lot of adults saying Mikey seems very weird, but I can't really explain how it's just as weird to not be called Mikey when you've been called that for over 30 years. Well, I mean, okay, because I thought we talked about this and I I thought that I'd ask you, well, is it is it Mike or is it Mikey? And you said, well, I mean, Mike, Mikey, Fizz, they're all acceptable. I mean, is your name not Mike? No. Well, my name is Michael. Oh, your name is Michael. So you you don't normally go by Mike. People, I mean, you know, there's I I I respond to Mike simply because you can't go through our society without people shortening Michael to Mike. Yeah. Uh, Uh You know, they're like, oh, hey, Mike. Um, well, but honestly, I mean, I mean, my boss does, but I mean, he, 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 uh, he's never gotten, I've never seen him actually get angry, but people say he gets angry if you call him Mike. But anyway, yeah, it's, it's, it's one of those things. And some people are a little, I, I'm not touchy about it because it offends me if you call me Mike. It's just that I, I, I'm actually the second, like I'm Michael Thistle the second. And so I've grown up and all my life when people say Mike, I assume they're talking about my dad. I, I have that thing with Tim or Timothy. Uh, so, because my dad's name is Tim and my name is Tim and I go by TJ. And so I bet you didn't even know that though. Cause I keep that. Usually I keep that a closely guarded <laughs> secret. I can't believe I just let that out. Yeah. Well, it's better, sort of like, it better than whatever our, I thought. My heart's pounding. I had no idea. <laughs> it's, it's not TJ. I'll have to kill you two to. now. <laughs> <I've been lied laughs> to. So yeah. I mean, so, you know, it's, it's like I said, it's not the end of the world. It's just funny that like I'll correct people and they basically don't hear me. Or when I introduce myself into a, in, in a crowd, they'll be like, Hey, I'm so-and-so. And I'm like, Hey, I'm Mikey. And they'll be like, nice to meet you, Mike. And I'm like, did, <laughs> well, did, did I not just say, to be fair, you've never actually corrected me. And I think I no, usually no. call you fizz. Yeah. It, fizz is, fizz usually works a lot better. People who don't know me in person typically refer to me as fizz. It's, it's but then people get weird about it. There's people at work who I tell that to and they're like, fizz, Fez, why would you want to be called Fez? <laughs> and I was like, ah, just, which is why, you just know, I stop it. Thick skin doesn't matter. Just whatever. Hey, you, you know, 
But all right, like I'll, said, I'll, I'll appreciate you carrying now, enough to try, TJ. All right, hey you. Well, I mean, maybe I'll call you Fizzification from now on. So, that works yeah. as well. Yeah, so. I'll clear this up for you now, guys. Though my my name is Chad. Chad. Oh, I didn't know. For those of you who it's are good confused, to know. Yes. So, Chad. I mean, now, how do you, how do you spell that? C H A D A D A D A D A D. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Uh, well, it's good that we had a little bit of a laugh before we dive into this horrible, horrible news. I mean, and it's something like I, I debated, like, should I put this in the show notes? Should we talk about it? It's like, well, you can't not talk about this, right? I mean, it's a movie podcast, and Philip Seymour Hoffman is a giant of actors, right? I mean, he's he's well-known, well-respected. I don't know anybody who didn't like any of the movies that they may have saw him in. Do you, do you guys? No. I can't yeah, think I'm, of anybody who just said, man, he's such an awful actor because, I mean, he's not <laughs> Because an he's awful not. Actor. <laughs> yeah, he, he is He is one of my favorite, I think, or he was, I guess, one of my favorites. If he was in something, then not only would I, if I didn't know anything about it, I would be willing to give the movie a chance simply because he's in it. Uh, but he rarely disappointed. Yeah, and uh, I, I actually, uh, I don't, hmm. Maybe I'm giving myself away here. Uh, so I was in church Sunday morning, and uh, so didn't I? Don't know. I think the if I remember, I only look at the post date on the New York Post here. That's where I saw it, and one uh, twenty eight p.m. So I must have saw it like as it was breaking, because sometimes after church, after the sermon's over, and we break, and then we have all we all have lunch together at at our small church as well. But so I kind of poked around on Twitter for a minute in between times, and I said, "Whoa, this, what is this? A hoax? What is this? This is nonsense!" Mm-hmm. You know, that was my first uh-huh. reaction. So I, I, I'm like, "Wow, I can't deal with this right now. I'll look at it later." And so, you know, after church, I started reading all the news. You know that uh, you know Philip Seymour Hoffman dies at the age of 46, and and sadly, and and this is not. I, I don't say this uh, to to ding him in any way or to say oh, well because you know, he's a bad person because he did this. But I mean, this is just simply the facts. He was found with a hypodermic needle stuck in his arm. Uh, and, uh, what looked to be, uh, um, uh, heroin, uh, nearby. Uh, that was the last thing that I read. And I've, I've really avoided reading about it since this, cause it's just so sad. And, and really, I, I only say it to say, man, if you're struggling with some sort of addiction, you need to get help. You don't need to let this sort of thing happen to you. So it, it, it's it's really sad. It's it's and he was only forty six. I mean, it's 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 mm-hmm. it's terrible. Yeah, yeah. I wish I wish there was a way that. Well, heck, I wish life wasn't so hard sometimes. Yeah, you know, and, and the, you know, the more money you have, the more spotlight that you have on you. Mm-hmm. The, you know, it doesn't. You know, it doesn't make it easier. Lots of people think you know, if I had this and this, my life would be great or perfect, or I wouldn't have this you know, problem where I wouldn't need to resort to these substances or these anesthetizing forces. Right. But it, it, it just, it just shows that sometimes life is really crappy and yeah, I, I don't, I don't want to, I didn't want to make too big of a deal about it because it really kind of bothers me. The hero worship that we tend to have. Sure. No, I don't um, want to go too far down the other way, but I mean, but, I did like the guy. Yeah. yeah. But it was one of the true, it was one of the few times when like, I really felt like, we lost a really great storyteller. Yes. Yeah, that's so. that's right. It's definitely a sadness. So, yeah, I mean, it, it just felt like we couldn't just let it pass by either, you know, and say not talk about it. And then it's like, well, did you guys hear about this or, you know, yeah, right. So anyway, that that I'll, I'll link up to my article in the New York Post in the show notes if you want to read more about that. And, uh, it, you know, there's there's more. To, I mean, like. 
you know, you, you kind of put it way in the back of your head, but at some point you ask, well, he had some movies coming out, and apparently, uh, though he had not finished filming for Mockingjay Part 2, they are not going to recast. I mean, they're way too far down the road for that. He literally only had one more scene to do. I just read that tonight, actually, that he had one more scene to film, so they will find a way to put that film together is what they're saying, and it will not delay the release. Mm. Uh, so, and, and, and you know, it's, it's sad, too. Like, he had another, like, he was going to direct a movie. I don't know if he directed any before. Let me look at his... Uh, I think he'd done one other he was in the process of directing another one yeah, here we go director one, one credit jack goes boating i'd never heard of it it was 2010 so uh yeah i mean i i've i've only seen him in a few things i mean obviously the hunger games catching fire uh i have not seen Moneyball. it is on my list to see um mission impossible 3 of course uh he was a, a davian davian i can't remember how you pronounce that um cold mountain apparently apparently he was in um just you know a lot of the big lebowski uh, so a lot of, a lot of things that he's known for there. So anywho, sad, sad news to start the podcast and we'll get that out of the way and, and move on past it. Yeah. So do you guys have anything else to say about that before we do? No. Farewell, no. sir. Yeah. And, uh, we will certainly continue uh, enjoying the films that he's done. All right. So let's, let's move on to some lighter stuff here. If we can fizz, uh, last week, I, I mean, I, I didn't think about it. When I put it in the show notes. I mean, I, I linked to your article uh, that you wrote, uh, your thirteen, your top thirteen of two thousand thirteen. I thought, oh, well, we we can talk about this and, comp- and compare notes with with what uh, Chad and I talked about, and we wound up talking about it for like what twenty five minutes, Chad? <laughs> yeah, something like that. <laughs> yeah, so it, it's hard. To, I mean, when you start going through those, you go, oh, you either agree or you disagree, and you have something to say about that. How, yeah. how do we do? How do we do? Well, uh, first of all, I want to say that when uh, Chad. Uh, sent me a message, I believe, on Facebook and told me I was exceptionally flattered. I'm, I'm, just, I'm just glad anyone cared what I thought the top movies of uh, 2013 were. But uh, well, I linked it earlier in the week, too. I linked it on the link list. Yeah. I, I, I was like, what? Apparently, I, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm kind of a big deal. Yeah, no, of course. Deal. Obviously. It's obviously. <laughs> but uh, it, it was fun to listen to you guys talk about it. It, it was... Uh, uh, exciting and frustrating because it's you know fun to hear people kind of uh, agree with or lambaste your picks. Uh, I mean, admit it, you were throwing you were throwing popcorn at your at your podcast listening <laughs> device, whichever however it was you listened. Oh no, but well, see, the only the, it wasn't even like I said, <laughs> even where we disagreed, it, it wasn't that wasn't even really that frustrating. It was that I wanted to like jump in so bad uh, <laughs> sometimes. So I mean, but I think that's the mark of a good discussion. That's a good mark of a a good podcast. So if y'all have amazing. <laughs> articles by me that you review all the time this could be like a worldwide sensation well now now i'm flattered though you know (laughs) so um but uh, it's funny i i summed it up to uh my wife like this she's like oh what did they say i was like chad said a lot of i agree with what he said here and tj said a lot of and i haven't seen this film yet oh come now (laughs) (laughs) to be fair chad said that too Oh, <laughs> uh, but I actually, one of the best things that came out of it, TJ, is that I was trying to figure out like why our list didn't look um, a lot alike. So it made me go back and look at your list. And I realized that I, I think you said you hadn't seen like seven or eight of the 13 movies on my list. Right. I realized, I realized I think I hadn't seen nine of the 20 on your list. Well, I mean, I think we're we're drawn so, to very different movies, you know, mm-hmm. and our, we have some overlap, but we're drawn to different movies, I think. Well, and I, I did make the comment on yours, I think, when you put it out that it's as much as I want to do like a January 1st or December 30th 
uh, best of. I realized that the way that, I mean, we could talk about this too, the way that the awards seasons go, they basically cram all this stuff into like the last three weeks of the year. Oh, it's awful. To the point where if you don't get paid full time to watch these movies, you know, you just can't get through them all. Well, and I feel so, like the way they do that, too, really also gives short shrift to, to movies like 42, which I really, really liked. And it's mm-hmm. you don't see mention of it anywhere. I mean, I feel like it's just out of sight, out of mind. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know. And maybe I'm maybe I'm wrong. Maybe people just didn't like it at all. But I feel like if it had been <laughs> later in the year that maybe it would have gotten a little bit more attention, you know? Well, I think part of the thing is, uh, and we talked about this on like one of the last podcasts I did when we talked about like our problems with the Oscars is that when, when a studio releases a film, they basically tell you what they think you're going to think about it. Oh, sure. Because, yeah. Because if they, because when 42 was released last year, that's the time of the year where you release kind of like feel good films that people like, but people don't like absolutely love. Hmm. Typically, and they don't usually win a lot of awards. Yeah. But 42, I I didn't get a chance to see it. I have it. I just haven't, you know, I've been trying to make like these Oscar priority lists. Yes. I Uh I mean, certainly watch the Oscar stuff first, but I highly recommend it. Yeah. And I really want to because I've heard lots of good things, way, you know, way better things about a film like 42 than I would have thought. So, but, you know, it was released one so long ago and two at a time where it didn't get a lot of backing from the studio as an award film that I think it was kind of doom when it started, which is why I'm worried about some of the movies that are coming out in February and March of this year that I'm kind of interested in. Yeah. I'm like, these could go either way, but likely if it doesn't come out in November or December, it's probably not going to have a really good chance. Yeah, no, I agree. But that's like I said, that's a whole other can of worms of our, you know, problems with the Oscars and stuff like that. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, Definitely. All right, well, we shouldn't beat the dead horse too long because we did already talk about it. So, Jesse Eisenberg has been cast as, drumroll please, Lex Luthor. How do you feel about this, guys? That's It was the strangest bit of news I think I saw this week. Maybe the strangest news I've seen this year. Yeah, I mean, I, I like both of these actors, but in those roles... Weird. Uh, it's It's just so strange. I mean, I can I can see Jeremy Irons as Alfred, mm, kind of, yeah. In, in like, I a, see that more than Jesse Eisenberg as Lex Luthor, definitely. Yeah, but like I said, at the same time, I try to keep this in context. Though, for the most uh, for the most part, I kind of feel like TJ's uh, write ups on these are like I just really didn't enjoy <laughs> the first one, so it's hard for me to imagine this next one's going to be really great. And I couldn't remember where you were on that, or if you were going to yeah. refute me on that. No, I mean, like, like I said, I agree with you. The the point still stands that no matter how bad I think this movie is going to be, I'm going to go see it. Oh, me too. You know, so I kind of try to, I try to kind of have that opinion, but look at it through kind of rose colored glasses. Be like, maybe they're just kind of, you know, reinventing the character and working it in the world. <laughs> yeah, I mean, because that worked so well when they reinvented Superman. Yeah, and, and so you know, like I said. But I'm going to be paying money to see this, so I'm trying to be optimistic. <laughs> yeah. Though I, I will, I will readily admit that they have given me, in my opinion, from you know. But I, I guess I'm pulling from my understanding of the Superman character, the the Justice League universe. Um, it, it doesn't seem like it would work to me, but there's some very creative people behind it, and Zack Snyder, and uh, I hope that <laughs> um, I hope it works out. Because, like I said, they're going to get they're going to get probably 
however much movie tickets are in 2016 now. Like twenty, uh, so they'll probably get twenty dollars from the Fissel family. Yeah, I was gonna say that forty dollars a piece <laughs> by twenty sixteen, maybe. Yeah. So yeah. I, mean, I mean, I think it's I think it's safe to say that they've brought together one of the most interesting casts that you can. You've got a what? British actor playing uh, Superman. You've got uh, Ben Affleck playing Batman. Right. And then you've got these two. So I mean, it, it if anything, like, was something to laugh at. I think it seems like every bit of casting news that comes out about this movie, you, you, you like you're p- picking your job off the floor. You go, what? <laughs> oh, Ben Affleck is Batman. I, I mean, I like Ben Affleck, Batfleck. but uh, Batman. <laughs> what? I don't, I don't see it. I mean, well, I still I don't see, see it. I see Affleck as Batman before I see Eisenberg as Luther. Well, it's obvious. Sure. I mean, that brings me back mm-hmm. around to the point. It's obvious that they're not going to be. Uh, using him as the traditional Lex Luthor character. I mean, that's quite obvious right. to me. I mean, this is not going to be the Lex Luthor we know. Maybe it, it's weird, but maybe like he's a really young version of that character, or maybe he's just different altogether. Well, and that's that saving grace that I'm kind of, you know, holding out hope for. I'm hoping that they've basically reimagined this, uh, like visually and structurally in such a way that it works. Um, because right now, like, it seems like it so much like it can't work that hopefully they're, they're just coming at it from a completely different angle that I'm thinking. And I'll be pleasantly surprised, even if it's not like, you know, my favorite movie of the year. Well, I'll, I'll tell you what I think they may be trying to avoid. And, and that is I, I am one of the I think we've already established this one of the 10 people on the planet that liked Superman Returns by Brian Singer. And furthermore, I think that um, as much as I pref- – I mean Superman Returns is my second favorite Superman movie, be- the first one being the first Christopher Reeves uh, Superman film, where I think that uh, Gene Hackman did a fine Lex Luthor, but I think that Kevin Spacey's Lex Luthor was infinitely superior. So I think that uh, – but, but, but I think what happened though with Superman Returns – is that people kind of felt like I, – I didn't feel this, but I, the people felt like it was a parody or, or some ripoff of the Christopher Reeve Superman. It paid too much homage. And, and because they were so similar, like the, even though Kevin Spacey was a deeper, darker uh, Lex Luthor, he still had a lot of kind of nods to Gene Hackman. Superman mm-hmm. had a lot of nods to Christopher Reeve. I feel like what they're doing now is they're like, we can't ever go back there again. We can't do that. So we got to make it so different that people can't feel like it's a parody or a ripoff. I, I kind of think that may be the vibe th- th- that I'm getting from this. Yeah, I think that's a, a good argument. And I think I, a lot of what I see people saying out there who are sort of contesting these sort of bad, quote unquote, casting decisions. Mm-hmm. Uh, I see the example thrown out of Heath Ledger as the Joker. Which, and I'm not which, saying that this way, is going to be up to that same standard, yeah. but we all sort of snubbed our noses at Heath Ledger as the Joker. And then he won the Academy Award for Best Supporting Actor. And, and I'm not well, saying well that's going to be so. the case here, of course, but uh, I think being surprised can sometimes be a good thing. Right. I mean, because it worked out really well in the case of, of Heath Ledger. He is now, I think, forever in, in our minds, the the Joker, like the epitome of what the Joker should have been on the screen. Right. Would you agree with that, Fizz? Uh, well, I mean, for me, yes, I thought it was an incredibly brilliant, insane Joker. Yes. I don't want to take too much away from uh, Jack Nicholson. I thought, I thought you he, might go there. Oh, no, I mean, no. I, I thought I his Joker was also great. I also think the animated series Batman Joker is also brilliant. Um, yeah, I, come on, what, I love, what, where's the Cesar Romero love? Wait, is that <laughs> is that the television series yes, Batman or uh, Joker? Yeah, that's the sixties. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean, in its own right, it works. That, that, that's no, what I love about really. the Joker. You know, 
I love the fact that he can he can be played so across the gamut, but his uh, his core remains the same. Um, I just don't want to. I've never seen anyone in a official capacity play a bad Joker. Um, yeah. Though personally, for me, I prefer the Heath Ledger version. But then again, the Heath Ledger version works best for the the. The right. atmosphere he was in. Right. Heath Ledger would not have worked. Heath Ledger, as, as he portrayed the Joker, would not have worked in any other Batman series, for sure. I, I completely agree with that. But I still right. think... Maybe, I maybe still the say, original series. I mean, Heath Ledger against Adam West. You know, that would have... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because, because Adam West was such a serious Batman. <laughs> Turbines to power? <clears throat> <clears throat> Some days you just can't get rid of a bomb. <laughs> right. <laughs> Oh, my. All right. Well, uh, just a little bit more about this. I just wanted to read a little bit from this HitFix piece that I linked to uh, earlier today. Um, So this is Drew McQueenie over on HitFix. There's not a trick answer to this. When Warner Brothers announced last week that Jesse Eisenberg had been hired to play Lex Luthor in the sequel to last year's Man of Steel, that is correct. He is playing Lex Luthor. But when they say that, it's it's still not a definitive explanation of what you're going to see when that film arrives in theaters on the now scheduled date of May May of 2016. Which Lex Luthor is is he going to play? For comic book fans, there are many possible answers to that question, and for fans of the various live action and, and animation interpretations, there are even more possibilities in the mix. I contend we're not going to see a Luthor we've seen before. Not exactly. Man of Steel was controversial with fans, and there are people who hate the choices the film made, as well as plenty of people who think those choices what uh, are what made the interpretation interesting. I think Zack Snyder and David Goyer have set out to tell a particular story, and I know, and if I know Zack Snyder, and if I know Goyer, then they're going to continue telling that story in the sequel. Even if they're in, they're introducing more superpowered characters into the world, they're doing it as a building reaction from Superman's introduction. So there's more, but I thought that was a, a, a good and thoughtful take on the situation with Lex Luthor. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Or that's the hope. <laughs> yeah, well, we have, yes, that is the hope. But I mean, I, I thought that the writing on this was was a uh, a, a good and thoughtful take on it. And, and I, I do think, despite the fact that I don't like this new Superman, I didn't like Man of Steel, I do think that, that – um, uh, David Goyer and and Zack Snyder are certainly trying to do something good. I'm not, I'm not saying they're not. I'm just saying it was it didn't work first time out. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, uh, the question before us now, though, gentlemen, is has J.K. Rowling completely lost her ever loving mind? Discuss. Yeah. Okay. I, Chad, I, I know you're the, the Harry Potter fan among us, or, or uh, with me. I don't know about right. you, Fizz. Well, okay. Just to clarify for everybody, J.K. Rowling, uh, in an interview with Emma Watson for the magazine Wonderland, announced that she regrets that she paired Hermione and Ron together, that they got married after the conclusion of book seven. My my mind is already exploding. Continue. Spoiler alert. (laughs) And uh, (laughs) she further wishes that she had paired Hermione with Harry instead. And uh, the internet, internet subsequently exploded. For a few hours, um, <laughs> and I've read countless articles about this since then. <laughs> um, I don't know. Tell me your reaction, TJ. My reaction is that J.K. Rowling needs to shut up and go write some more good stories because uh, <laughs> she's apparently not like she's rewriting these things in her head or something. Um, and and it feels like she's she's way over analyzing her own work at this point because I think 
I, I would say the majority of us who are fans of the books and, and, and to a lesser extent the movies, I would say that we all were very happy with the way that things ended up in the Harry Potter series. Spoiler alert, yes. Uh, Ron and Hermione are married at the end of the books and uh, Harry and Ginny. And I thought that was perfect. And, and, and yes, Ron and Hermione bickered all the time, but it was because they had this attraction for each other. I, I mean, I, I thought it was great. I thought it was perfect. And I thought I certainly thought that Harry and Ginny was perfect, and there's no way that I could see Harry and Hermione. They just, just no, 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 no. <laughs> I've got to agree with you here, but I, 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 I'm not nearly as passionate about this. I mean, Harry Potter oh, was I'm, a large part of my uh, childhood, <laughs> but uh, I have lots back, of thoughts about the Harry Potter series. Very <laughs> passionate about this. Me too, but I mean, for this, I think she wrote the books. I read the books that she wrote. They're not going to change. I don't really care. Um, uh, I I like that Harry is part of the Weasley family legitimately. That's the way it ended up in the books. That's awesome. Yes. I I love that Ron and Hermione are together. I love that they're all like a literal family rather than the figurative family that they were initially, that they started out as. And so it's, it's a really cool ending the way the books went. But I mean, if they had gone differently, I don't see how they would have gone differently. But if they had, I don't think I would. I would have liked it just as fine. Mm. But now, see, see that's the been, thing, though, Chad is is that the the books certainly all led to this point where it ended so well, like everything fit together so well. Yes, I, I can find little nitpicks. You can in any story, but but on the whole, everything fit together so well and ended so well that how can you say? I mean. Think about it, though. Think about the repercussions it would have to split Ron and Hermione and Harry and Ginny and instead pair Harry and Hermione. That has rippling effects all the way back to book three. Right. Well, OK, so have have you read the whole interview? I haven't. Well, it's not even it wasn't when I posted this, it wasn't online. OK, uh, Jake. I haven't read the full thing, but I read a, uh, an article elsewhere on, I think, Hypable, who I think broke this story. Um they said, or J.K. Rowling actually said, this, it was sort of a wish fulfillment for her. The way she conceived the the story ending from the very get go of writing Philosopher's Stone, um, that's that's the way she wrote it to the end. And so it wasn't an issue of uh, she wants to undo what she did at the end. It's an issue of how she progressed the characters uh, from the beginning. Does that make sense? Yeah. So, so she's saying she regrets. That from the beginning, she chose Ron and Hermione to be together, and she never deviated from that. Um, and so, I mean, if she had written it differently, then sure, it might work. But she didn't write it differently. It's the way it is, and that's really the end of the matter, I think. The the book ended, the series ended seven years ago. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, it'll live on forever as far as I'm concerned, but yes. I will, I will, so, I will continue to read it from time to time. It's a masterful, a masterful series. Agreed. Uh, but I, I feel like we're, we've completely lost Fizz here. I, I take it you don't care. Well, it's not that I don't necessarily not care, but I can tell that having not read the books and only seen the movies, like I didn't get this passionate about it. Um, and <laughs> If you've well, only seen the movies, I can see that. Well, because only seeing the movies, I didn't – like when I was talking – my wife read the books and she was trying to explain to me like – you know why the love triangle quadrilaterals were like they were. And I was like, I don't get it. I see no chemistry between, you know, Ron and Hermione. And if anything, JK Rowling should have gone back 
And she should have regretted that Hermione didn't end up with my younger self because I mean, <laughs> there was all kinds of crush love there. And, you know, I, I feel like she really missed out. So, okay. That went to a weird place. <laughs> um, yeah, no, but if you've only seen the movies, I can see that. Um, because it, it wasn't well fleshed out. I felt like Ginny especially was very lacking in the movies. Mm-hmm. I mean, like I, I felt, I had no idea why Harry liked anyone else beside Hermione. I was like, he doesn't spend any time with anybody except for Hermione. How would he even know like that he would like a girl? Cause he would have to hang out with them. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, no, I, I get it. And, and I, I, that may be a common reaction for somebody who's only seen the movies. I really don't know. Only. I, 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 only no, no, seen no, the no, movies, I'm just saying I've, I've, I've fell in love with the books <laughs> and the movies to me are inferior and, and they, they make a lot of mistakes. So, uh, just Chad and I could probably go on a rant about the whole, um, the, the whole, uh, scene between Dumbledore and, uh, Voldemort in, in, uh, movie five, which did not resemble what happened in the book in any way, shape or form. And did right. not play. It did not play to to Dumbledore's strengths. It did not show that he was calm, cool, and collected when he was, and that he was not afraid of Voldemort in any way, shape, or form. I'm so irritated with that in the movie. I am off on a tangent. This is on our list to talk about at some point on the Movie Bite podcast. So I will save it. And yes, that wraps I, I, up. I, I, yeah, sorry, I'm go sorry. ahead. Who, who's talking? I, I, I am Chad is. <laughs> I figured I I would just sort of close this out by reading from this article I posted in the outline. Um, so this is from J.K. Rowling. She says, I wrote the Hermione-Ron relationship as a form of wish fulfillment. That's how it was conceived, really, for reasons that have very little to do with literature and far more to do with me clinging to the plot as I first imagined it. Hermione ended up with Ron. I know. I'm sorry. I can hear the rage and fury it might cause some fans. But if I'm absolutely Sorry. honest, distance has given me perspective on that. It was a choice I made for very personal reasons, not for reasons of credibility. Am I breaking people's hearts by saying this? I hope not. Well, she is. So there's a little bit more to say. Um, This article has 2,184 comments from various places on the internet. And uh, you can feel free to sift through those on your own. (laughs) I think uh, TJ and I have both uh, expressed our opinions thoroughly enough for now (laughs) on uh, this issue. Yeah, and and it's irritating. It may have been the hypeable thing. This article that I've linked to on MovieBite was supposed to be a linked post, and I don't know where the link went. Uh, That's irritating. I can't find the original source. I hate it when I do that. I hate it that I was in such a hurry that I did that, but I did. So Well, either way, that wraps up episode 78 of the MovieBite podcast, (laughs) The Great Potter Debate. We'll see you guys next week. Have a nice night. Right. Uh, maybe we shouldn't do that just yet. We do have a lot to talk about here. Uh, we, we do want to, or I want to uh, let you guys talk about, since I've now had my say on the JK (laughs) Rowling thing and I hate um, the amazing Spider-Man and I'm going to hate the amazing Spider-Man too. I can already tell, but I know you guys aren't. And there was a big old trailer and the Super Bowl ad, the whole two, two part Super Bowl ad. So why don't you two riff on that for a little bit and you guys can have your say on something. Okay, well, I actually just watched uh, part two of the Super Bowl ad and then the full extended one like 10 minutes before this podcast. Cool. Because um, I don't watch football. No, so, um, that's perfect. <laughs> but, you, um, you can tell us more about football here in a minute. I, I sort of have, have mixed feelings. Here in the comments of the article uh, that TJ posted, uh, Mike, you said that you don't think Jamie Foxx looks great here. And I think I agree based on the extended trailer. It just seems a little strange. Yeah, I mean, I hate to say it, but like for some reason, I think he just he comes across as a really weird electro. 
uh, it doesn't it doesn't fit for some reason. It's like someone's making a um, like a college humor video of Spider Man <laughs> when, when I, mean, I see it, him in this role. But other than that, everything else about it the the humor that I think TJ's commented that he doesn't really care for uh, <laughs> the 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 remake the 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 new Spider Man. Uh, all that I, I, I dig. Uh, I really enjoyed the Amazing Spider-Man. I actually went into the Amazing Spider-Man not expecting to like it, and it really surprised me. And I don't, I don't not like the original. Uh, well, the original three, the you know the last three, the Rainy um, trilogy. Yeah, you said you did trilogy. not. No, I, I like them. Oh, okay, I misheard. Um, I misheard you. Yeah, yeah. I, I, it's not that I don't like them. Um, I like them just fine. I just. This is a kind of uh, a reinterpretation, just kind of like the comics. You had the spectacular Spider-Man, the amazing Spider-Man, Spider-Man. You know, it, it's just a, a different take on the same character. Uh, it kind of focuses on some different aspects of the character that the original uh, reigning trilogy didn't point out or really take heed of. And I'm enjoying it. It's not perfect, but it's fun. Um, yeah. And like I said, I, it, this movie looks like it'll be fun as well. I'm like I said, I'm a little worried about Jamie Foxx being a little too, or just not fitting um, quite right, but I'm not a huge Jamie Foxx fan in general. So it might be my own bias. Uh, I just feel like there could have probably picked uh, someone else better to pay the, play this role, but uh, I liked the trailer. I'm ex- I'm excited about seeing it. I don't think it's going to probably be in my, you know, top 14 of 2014 or anything, but you're going to stick right. with that, huh? Yeah. <laughs> Well, I, mean, I, I think the most interesting parts of this film are going to be seeing how Andrew Garfield continues as Spider-Man and then uh, Dane DeHaan as Harry Osborn and uh, mm-hmm. uh, Paul Giamatti as uh, the Rhino, I think, <laughs> are going to be both very interesting choices. Which they're not really showing us. I mean, they're showing us. No, like not that, yet. You know, just like a clip of the Rhino, that the Rhino's in it, but we're not seeing any kind of like, where is that coming from or anything? So Right. Well, there's only one talented actor in this series, in this entire series that I've seen, and that's Emma Stone, and she's so wasted here. Yeah. <laughs> because she's blonde. It's such a waste. Uh, such a that waste. has nothing to do with it, but whatever. Such a waste. <laughs> uh, anyway. But anyway, I, I'm excited. I think it'll be awesome. As Well, fun. Yeah, I think it'll be See. a lot of fun. And I think it'll have a decent story to to go behind it. You know, I just I'm I'm a little worried about the performances, but I, I don't think it's going to undermine what we're going to get. So, well, I think yeah. whatever it is that you're seeing with Jamie Foxx, I'm seeing with the entire series. So, yeah. now, do you mean to tell me though, Fizz, that you you don't like Jamie Foxx and Django Unchained? No, no, I in general don't like Jamie Foxx, but there are some things that he's in that I really love, and Django Unchained was one of those things. Yeah, although Christoph Waltz stole that movie. Yeah. <laughs> totally, but I mean like it's there's there's certain actors that or and actresses that I I don't tend to care for, but in the right roles, they can be amazing. Um not necessarily right. because of them, but because the movie's so good around them. Uh I always like to cite Bill and Ted's excellent adventure. You know, I so. just can't even stand the thought of that movie. I'll, I will watch it someday. But see, you can't do that because you haven't seen it. I know. Uh, it's it's perfect um, for what it is. Do you never, though, just see a, a movie, you know, you, you, you see it described, you see the cover, and you think there's just no way I can ever see that movie? Does that never happen to you? Uh, it does, but apparently not to the same movies that you do. Because <laughs> that's the way <laughs> I feel about Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventures. Well, that's how I felt when you said you were going to pay to go see City of Bones. 
Um, <laughs> well, I can, and, and on this side of it, I can see that. It's awful. It's awful. Uh, but I, no didn't doubt. Need, I didn't need to go see the movie. Um, so... I, I mean, like I said, it's 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 a different thing, and it goes back to what you said, which is I think an exceptionally valid point at the at what you said at the beginning of the show. It's like people were drawn to different things, and I, I in a in a format like this, almost always will we get to using the terms good and bad. Sure, and yeah. As someone who really really admires story and loves story, I really like to stay away from good and bad because just because mm. something doesn't resonate with me doesn't mean it doesn't resonate with someone else. Um, That's true. Although I think there are some universal principles that are applicable. Yeah, and, and, but I think they're a lot rarer than people would, you know, because, like I said, I I think I could use the word bad. Um, for a lot of movies that I use the word good for, but it's a, like a lots of its perspective and where, where we're technically disagreeing at. So, yeah. And I, I just use terms like awful and bad and terrible because it's my shtick, but you know, <laughs> it, and it's an amazing shtick. We've, we've come to, we've grown to love Chad and I, we embrace it with open sure. arms. Uh, okay. All right. Well, that's you guys talking about the amazing Spider-Man two and, and me barely holding my tongue. So, uh, and, and not holding my tongue very well. <laughs> All right. We should talk about American Hustle 30 minutes, some minutes into this podcast or 30, 37 minutes into this podcast. We should talk about why we're here to, what we're here to talk about. Although I'll tell you, I was a little bit concerned. I know you guys may have more to say. It, for me, it, it's very hard to talk about a, a, what I consider to be a middling movie. And I know that's an unpopular opinion on this movie, but that is the opinion that I have on it. I'll just get that out in the open. So you guys may be doing more talking than me. We'll, we'll see. But uh, American Hustle released to theaters in, uh, in December, on December 13th, in limited release, and it went uh, wide on December the 20th. It had a budget of $40 million. It made 740000 in limited release, and then on its opening release date, it made $19.1 million. It has now made a uh, total worldwide 177 million. It is up for uh, an Oscar nomination. Uh, the critical acclaim is that riotously funny and impeccably cast, American Hustle compensates for its flaws with unbridled energy and some of David O. Russell's most irrepressibly vibrant direction. And as mentioned, directed by David O. Russell, uh, writers Eric Warren Singer and David O. Russell, starring Christian Bale, Bradley Cooper, Amy Adams, Jeremy Renner, Jennifer Lawrence, Louis C.K., and a cameo from Robert De Niro. So it did not lack for talent, that's for sure. Music by Danny Elfman. And uh, Fizz, why don't you why don't you tell us the story synopsis? All right. The story synopsis is uh, a con man, Irving Rosenfeld, along with his seductive British partner, Sidney Prosser, is forced to work for a wild FBI agent, Richie DeMazzo. DeMazzo pushes them into a world of Jersey power brokers and mafia something. Okay. Because that's where it ends. Yeah, it is where it ends. <laughs> All right, guys. Uh, I've already laid out a, my general opinion out on the table. Uh, why don't you guys tell me a little bit about this film? Uh, Chad. You go first. I thought it was a lot of fun. I didn't really know what to expect. I didn't I didn't have much of an expectation aside from what everybody else has been saying about it. Um, I know that it's nominated for Best Picture. Uh, four of the, or I mean, I guess you could just say the four main actors are all nominated for Academy Awards for Best Actor, Actress, and Supporting. Um, and so I walked in with just that mindset. This is an award award nominated movie, a multi-award nominated movie. And, um, 
you know, I, I, I just enjoyed the ride. I mean, uh, the characters are crazy, just like in uh, Silver Linings Playbook, which was David O. Russell's last film. And um, previ- I thought previous that... Previous film. Yes, previous film. Thank you. <laughs> um, and uh, I just love the character interactions. I thought Christian Bale and Amy Adams were my two favorites here. Obviously. Um, but Jennifer Lawrence and... Um, Bradley Cooper were both great. And I was actually surprised by Jeremy Renner. Um, I know Jeremy Renner is Hawkeye. And then he was that inferior uh, born. And uh, <laughs> that's perfect. <laughs> I, sh- I shall henceforth refer to Jeremy Renner as the hair, but continue. <laughs> okay. That works. Um, but I-, I was surprised by his charisma here. And um, I- there's just not a lot I have to say in the way of disliking this film. Hmm. What about you, Mikey? Well, um, I thought that this film was a, definitely another solid film from David O. Russell. Um, he, he's basically got to the point for me where if he puts out a movie, I'm going to go see it. Hmm. Um, yeah. I, I don't I don't need to know really anything about it from this point on. Uh, I know that I'm probably going to enjoy it on some level. Uh, but with this particular film, I, I think it, it fell short of how much I enjoyed Silver Linings Playbook. Um, I think so too. Yeah. And it, and it fell well short of how good I thought the fighter was. Um, I still think the fighters, his best, his best movie. Um, you know, I actually have the fighter in my collection, have had it there for a while and I just haven't sat down to watch it yet. I, I, the, the fighter is the performances of American hustle, um, with like the depth of story of silver linings playbook. I think, I think it's like his, his opus at least I hope, well for now, I hope he, I hope he makes even better films in the future. Um, he's definitely showing the potential to, but, um, but, but either way this film to me, I mean, you could see from, uh, my list was still a lot better than, um, a lot of the other films that came out this year. Yeah. Uh, Right. So you would say it deserved its Academy award nomination. Well, okay. So to me, this had the best ensemble performance of any film that I saw in 2013. Like the cast as a whole, from top to bottom, best performances I saw. Mm. Um, but it, it, but it only had a few like script choices that really held it back for me. And, and if it weren't for those, then I think it would be a legitimate contender for best picture. But I can see the nod. Um, I just don't think it's really. I don't think it has any chance of winning or it shouldn't win, especially compared to the the other films that are nominated. Um, Because kind of like Chad's pointing out, I I was in it for the ride, but when I look back on it, I enjoyed all the character stuff, Um, just the characters interacting, the dialogue, um, the situations. But I really don't know if the, if the film really wrapped itself up well. Um, Yeah. Yeah. I would, I would agree. Uh, Just some general thoughts. Uh, First of all, question, did, did, did Christian Bale put on all that weight or was he wearing a prosthetic? I read something that indicated he did put on that weight and it wouldn't surprise me knowing his past. Yeah. I read that he gained 50 pounds for the role. That's crazy. Cause like, (laughs) I've never seen him that fat before, (laughs) (laughs) which is even more amazing. If you see him in the machinist. Now, now, now the real question is, did he lose the hair? for the role <laughs> uh that no that, that comb over opening question. yeah that comb over opening scene though that was a perfect opening scene for this film I, I will freely admit that was a great way to open the film i mean it just works so well and then you know he, he lovingly spends all this time setting up that hair and the first thing damaso does you know is just ruffle it up <laughs> it's right <just> great. 
<laughs> well, I mean, it's a it's basically a perfect setup for the movie, especially if you watch the movie more than once, because uh, it basically gives you an entire understanding of what every character is doing in this movie. And then the general the narrative theme of the movie, which is like, you know, uh, putting on a false face. Yeah. To, to impress others, you know, like this, this false right. self. And so it starts from the very beginning and David O. Russell kind of beats you with it very lovingly through the entire movie. Yes. <laughs> and I will say, too, speaking of putting on a false face, like I have not yet seen Amy Adams in a role where I did not like her and her character. And it's weird in this role because I I did like her as she played the character. I wasn't sure if I liked the character. And also, you know, speaking of putting on a false face, it got to the point where I couldn't tell if she was putting on a false face or not, and I knew that she was, but yet I didn't know if she was or wasn't. You know what I'm saying? It was pretty great. Yeah. It was amazing, actually. She <laughs> she is uh, one of the, um, I, I don't know, I, I just feel like every role that I've seen her in, I've always come away thinking she is one talented actress. Yeah, she Agreed. actually in this movie, one of the things that I love about it most is that she almost has like, characterception going on because yes. <laughs> she she's a she's an actress playing a character who's playing a character trying to pretend that she's not another character. Yes, for so, sure. And and you know, almost losing herself in it. Exactly. And every time she switches, uh, I think one of the one of the hardest things for a, a good actor to do is to be a character that's playing another character because you not only have to act like the character but you have to act like the acted character as well and have differences enough to be able to distinguish just in facial expressions and mannerisms. And Mm. she does that. And if she goes home with an Academy award for this movie, then it will not hurt my feelings at all. No, you know, for sure. I mean, as, as the actress, uh, definitely, I'm not saying the film should, should even be nominated, but, but as, as an actress in this film, yes. And, And I would say the same for Christian Bale. I mean, there was not a trace of any previous role I've ever seen him in, in, in this, in this role. I, in fact, if I didn't know that it was Christian Bale, I may not have recognized him right away. And part of that, of course, is the makeup, but part of it is just the personality is so completely different from anything we've seen from him before. Right. So, uh, yeah. So, uh, um, yeah, the hair, Jeremy Renner's hair was, was, uh, like, I, I'm like, okay, that's so weird. <laughs> <laughs> the, the pompadour. So, so, go ahead. No, I just said the pompadour. The, yeah. The yes. pompadour. The, the Elvis sort of hair. Hairstyle. Well, I, I mean, and it, well, something I wanted to make a point of that goes back to what Chad was saying is like, uh, that, like I love, like I love the ride so much is because these characters are so well-written and interestingly written. Um, and, I think Bradley Cooper is probably gives probably the poorest performance and his, his performance I think is still really, really great. Mm. Um, like Jeremy, Jeremy Renner. It's for me personally, um, after seeing him in the hurt locker, uh, as like this really just intense, uh, uh, emotionally all over the place kind of character, seeing him matched up with David O. Russell, who f- just finds ways to get the most out of his actors um, whether uh-huh. it's th- it's through the script or you know just the specific dialogue or the direction in every scene or just how he's framing the scenes, like I haven't seen Jeremy Renner in a movie that I can think of off the top of my head recently where I felt like he was finally getting to show the fact that he's not just like the bad born or Hawkeye. <laughs> you know, he's not just right. an action hero. <laughs> yeah. He's actually like a legitimate actor. 
um, who's really good if you give him something to work with. Well, I think this movie certainly did that. Yeah, yeah he's got more than one facial expression. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he's not grimacing the whole time. <sighs> yeah, grumpy cat. Yeah, yeah, grumpy cat. And he wasn't so. firing arrows off behind his back without even looking. So. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So so yeah, Jeremy Renner definitely a close second. I mean, as far as I'm concerned, Christian Bale and Amy Adams are tied for for you know the the best performances in this film. Bradley Cooper, I would I would argue that there was somebody who had a much worse performance than Bradley Cooper in this film, but we'll get to that. We'll get to that. Right now, we're going to okay. talk about more. If there's any more things that you guys want to talk about that you like, we'll talk about that. Um, I, I did love the, kind of the way that the story unfolded at the beginning, where you get this reveal after we after after um, uh, Christian Bale's character, what's his name? Um, Sorry, I just saw it last night. Irving, Irving, Irving yes, Irving. After he, you know, he kind of he's getting to know Sydney or whatever her name is, you know, um, and so he's he's getting to know her, and you see this relationship forming and this budding romance, and then, and then all of a sudden, like this bomb is dropped on you, and it's done so casually that it's it's even more impactful. I think it's like, oh, by the way, I can't leave my 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 wife and son, and you're like, what? Where did this come from? <laughs> Well, he right. can't leave his son. He's fine with leaving his wife. Yeah, he would be. Yeah, but 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 even her, it's like he doesn't want to see her in a bad position. You know, it, it, it's kind of this definitely this weird juxtaposition, like where he's this kind of crook. You know, he's 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 a con artist, but yet he 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 does care for people, and that comes swings back around, of course, toward the end of the film as well. So yeah. it's definitely interesting. Well, she's uh, she's what Irving describes in a bit of great dialogue as she was the Picasso of passive aggressive karate. Yeah, that's true. (laughs) Yes, definitely. All right. What else? That that's that that's really it for me on the on the the green side of the of the list. Uh, What else have you guys got? One of my favorite parts of the film was at the beginning after we get that initial scene and we start getting the backstory of how uh Irving and Sydney uh, met and we hear it from both sides of the story too. So, well, we were treated to the flashback and while the flashback is happening, we're slowly talked through what each character was thinking by Christian Bale and by Amy Adams. And I, I really liked the way that scene developed. I thought it was really good character building, um, but I didn't feel like I was being completely spoon fed either. Um, I, I felt it was a very natural way of telling things Um it wasn't just narration for narration's sake. It was very nicely done. And uh, I learned a lot about the characters in those moments. And then when it lived up to its usefulness, then they dropped it and they didn't try and keep beating it. Yeah. Yeah, I would agree with that. Like I said, the, my, my favorite thing about this movie, and I'm going to keep saying it until people understand, were the characters. I felt like they were developed amazingly. I felt like everything that came out of their mouth was gold. Um, if, if it just would have, if the story would have progressed a little further, um, or not kind of sputtered out, then like I said, this could have been, this could have been one of my top three movies of the year. Uh, because I mean, it's dealing with all these really great concepts, um, because you notice that in this movie, all the people who are trying to, to do good, they always up end up the worst. Yeah. You know, right. And, yes. and it's, it's, th- so it's this, it's these characters who are just trying to get by. They're just trying yeah. to hustle enough to live. Um, and it's like the, 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 the bigger and bigger they get, the worse and worse things get, or the better and better they try to actually do, the worse things happen to them. While, while the people who are doing bad things continue to 
get rewarded, so to speak. And, yeah, and it's, right. it's just this interesting dichotomy and just watching that happen. Uh, it's also this awesome exploration of all these people coming from different points, just trying to find something real, um, trying to find something that's actually meaningful in a world that seems to be topsy turvy or doesn't, doesn't deliver on its promises. So all, there's all these themes in this movie that really grab me, even though I think they could have, could have been fleshed out a little bit better. I, I just love how it wasn't a very simple concept. It wasn't just like, Hey, this guy wants to do something good and we help him do the th- good thing. And then everybody's happy at the end. You know, it right. wasn't, wasn't the standard formula I think for a movie. Yeah, um, I, w- I would agree with that. Uh, although that, I think that swings back around to bite them later in the movie. I, I do agree yeah. in, in general, especially in the first, maybe first act and the first half of the second act. I would agree. Yeah. But like I said, the, the ride, like, well, heck, like Chad said, the, the ride is so fun. I just didn't care um, that it kind of left me hanging a little at the end. I mean, the dialogue, I, I mean, like uh, when Christian Bale's, uh, when Irving, I guess, is like, I told you not to put metal in the science oven, you know? Uh, yeah, I put I put uh, whatever I want in my oven. <laughs> yeah, for exactly. the record, I think I might refer to my microwave as a science oven for the rest of my life. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's just it's just great, and and like so you 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 take amazingly funny scenes like that that are just uh, sprinkled with these nuggets of kind of like seriousness, and, and you you don't they don't really hit you until a little while later because you realize that even though uh, Jennifer Lawrence's character is as Rosalind is this really crazy messed up character, dark raving mad. Exactly. But she is spouting some of the most honest truths in all the movie. She's one of the only people who, um, isn't trying to lie to get by most of the time. She's the one that gives us like, sometimes all you have in life are effed up poisonous choices. Yeah. I I mean, she's the one making people kind of like, Hey, come back to earth. Look at how silly things are. Um, uh-huh. Though obviously she wants to be something different, but uh, I mean, like I said, so I, I'm along for the ride. Um, and yeah. outside of, outside of that, I think the only other thing I, I put in my green column was uh, I really love uh, how David or Russell uses music in his movies. So I, I, that was going to be one of my quick mentions is the soundtrack. Um, I, I'm a big fan of seventies music, which I think is weird for a 22 year old. Yes, it is. Um, <laughs> yes, it but, is. Um, Chad. <laughs> that's you, what I listen get to help. At, uh, back at home when I'm not listening to film scores. And so I was singing along <laughs> at least to myself, a lot of the movie. Um, I thought it was very well used. It, it, Fizz, it, it, they do have professional help for people like this, right? Uh, well, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm almost with them. So okay. I, All right. if, if I, if I, if I expose him, I only expose myself. Okay. Okay. Continue. That's Chad. fair. <laughs> I'll think about it. And so I, I thought I liked the way he used the music to uh, affect the mood of each scene. Um, and I don't know, that just contributed a lot to my enjoyment aside from the characters. And I thought that the film overall felt very authentic um, just uh, in dialogue. And the way I understand it, a lot of the dialogue and interaction was improvised. Is that right? I'm, I'm I don't know. I actually don't know either. I think I read something at least, Christian Bale's interactions. Um, are you going to enter evidence for the jury to consider? Or are we just to take your word for it? Um, if my, if evidence from Wikipedia counts, then yes, <laughs> it, it, it <laughs> because I think here. that's where I read it. Paste, paste so, that bad boy in the, in the show notes there, right below the story thing. Right. I love, I love how, um, like I said, the, the, almost every one of these actors or actresses, um, 
has worked with David O. Russell before. And I think that he continues to, like I said, he continues to get more and more out of them. Uh, I love Christian Bale and the fighter. Um, and yet I think he was even better in this film. So, uh, like I said, it, it's just, I, I love, I love the direction. Like I said, this is why I'll go see anything from here on out that David O. Russell does. Um, just because I know I'm going to be, I'm, I'm, I know I'm going to enjoy it on some level. Yeah. So, Hey, uh, Chad just uh, texted me. His computer apparently dropped the connection. I'm still showing him as connected. Huh? Oh no. Now Skype says connecting now all of a sudden. So, um, do, 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 do. yeah, we need hold music. Do, 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 do. Thank you for holding. Your call is important to us. Please be assured it will be answered and the order is received. Thank you for your patience. Please be assured we'll answer it by how much money you have. <laughs> because America. 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 If you're calling about the Coca-Cola ad, we're sorry. <laughs> oh, here he is. The long-lost Chad returns. Yes, I'm back. How bad does it sound? Uh, we'll it'll make we'll make do with it. Okay. Not bad. Oh. Okay, good. All right, and we are back. Uh, because I will have to mention this. I won't be able to cut this out of the show, so I will mention it that because Chad's computer Windows crashed on him again. <laughs> Windows crashed again. Can you believe oh. it? I've never heard of Windows crashing before. <laughs> In any event, uh, so we have Skype. We have Chad back on Skype on his iPad. So he's going to sound a little bit uh, different, but it actually doesn't sound too bad. So we're going to carry on. So okay, I believe uh, you had the floor, Fizz, when we when he dropped out. How uh, were, were you? Were you ready to relinquish the floor? I don't remember. Oh yeah, I was relinquishing. I was just trying to. Uh, we were talking about the the Christian Bale making up some of his lines, and uh, if if anything, to me, you know, Christian Bale is such a method actor. He's gaining fifty pounds for the role or whatever. Yes, he's he's probably feeling it. David Russell's working with him. I, I could believe it either way. I'm not sure if Chad actually got that uh, that link in there or not, or if it's still kind of hearsay. But, if you look up the Wikipedia page for American Hustle, there is a paragraph there, but it's unsighted. and that's the par- it mentions yeah. both improvisation mm-hmm. and weight gain. So I'm looking for a more valid source on my phone. Um, right, I'll let well, you know if I find it, but we can continue. Yeah, I mean, if you find it, put it in in the Google Doc, and I'll make sure it gets in the show notes. Otherwise, we will just make it; it, it will just be hearsay. <laughs> so, okay. All right. Well, I have. Uh, we've talked about the green column, as I have referred to it. Now we will. We should get into the red column, or is it black? Um. So let's talk about some things that I didn't care for. I don't know how much you guys might have. Um, I felt like this film really, really bordered on screwball comedy to the extent that I really don't care for. I just can't. It really got close to that border sometimes. I mean, just just really just pushed it for me. I don't know. Am I alone in that opinion in this podcast? (laughs) Um, That did not bother me at all. Okay. Go ahead, Fizz. Well, I'm going to say it's not that I I thought some of the antics could have been seen as screwball comedy, but I think one of the beautiful things that I like about uh, the the character interactions was anytime things started to get a little too silly, 
it, it almost, it would hit you with something serious or uh, a pretty emotional moment um, yeah. or, or a piece of kind of gravitas, you know? So I, I don't, I don't think it ever made it to just, you know, running comedy. Well, I guess like kind of what I'm talking about is any scene with Louis CK and, and uh, um, what, what's the actor's name scrolling up here? Uh, Bradley Cooper, Bradley Cooper, any scene with those two, it just felt so over the top. Like I didn't believe a word of it at any time ever. Like what in the world? I just, no, it didn't like this wouldn't happen in the real world. What? What? No, it just didn't work for me. I don't know. Well, you get to a certain point, you have to assume that, uh, you know, Richie DeMazzo is so far, you know, over his head, over over uh, Louis C.K.'s character, uh, Stoddard Thorson's care, uh, head, that he can get away with just about anything to the embellished point that he can even beat up his boss. With yeah, I mean, that, that's, that's really where it really crossed the line for me. Like, I don't care. Like, none of these people in the FBI would have allowed this. I don't Come know, on. I, no. This is the 70s, TJ. Things happen. <laughs> I guess. No, I don't know. It just it just felt stupid. On top of that, I mean, I felt like this was at times, not not always, and certainly not toward the end of the film, but in the beginning, so reminiscent of Goodfellas and a Martin Scorsese way to me that it felt very almost like uncomfortably close to parodying Goodfellas. I mean, did it, I don't know. Am I, please tell me you, you got at least the, the allusion to Goodfellas. Um, I must confess to not having seen Goodfellas, so I can't really speak on the matter. <laughs> Fizz, um, you're up. I wouldn't say a parody of Goodfellas, outside of the in the concept of the the kind of narration. Well, I mean, um, yeah, that but, but, and, and just like there was lots of little nods to it. Uh, continue. Sorry. I feel like there's I feel like there's probably a better example because I didn't think about that until you said it, but I could. S- I know that uh, there's a movie that it reminds me of, but it's not it's not Goodfellas. Goodfellas just it, it never really it never really got that serious at the beginning of the movie. It tried to get that serious at the end, which is one of my problems with it. Um, well, that's why I said uncomfortably close to parodying Goodfellas because it felt like they were trying to be in that style. I mean, even with just the narration and the way he was narrating the story, and they brought in her kind of like they did with Goodfellas. What Martin Scorsese brought in, uh, uh, man, I, I've, it's not been that long since I've seen Goodfellas. I can't remember her name, uh, but you know the the uh, the leading lady opposite of Ray Liotta in Goodfellas. I mean, they brought her in to narrate her portion of the film. I mean, it just felt very much like that, and and. And even I know they're not mobsters, but it's kind of a similar thing. I mean, the guy's a con man and they're trying to go this this heavy kind of a route and they're failing to do so. I I mean, it just felt very uncomfortable to me. I I wasn't a fan. Like, do your own thing, people. If anything, I think he if if that comparison could be made, I think he he owned it. I thought it was his. Okay, so I mean, fair fair enough. I just I, I I didn't find it to be that great. But uh, I don't think the comparison's without merit. Okay, if that makes you feel better, TJ. Thank you. I, I, it does make me feel better. <laughs> I, 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 my goal in life is to have as many people as possible agree with me and just be yes men. So that makes me feel infinitely better. I mean, I mean, I'm sure you've gotten that impression if, over interacting with me on Facebook and Twitter oh, yes. and, and, and yes. on the podcast. I'm, I, I mean, that's just what I live for, right? So, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I have a few more. Do you guys have anything you want to contribute to the uh, pile of of things that to rag on this film about? 
Um, if I had any sort of dislike, it it's not a real dislike. Um, I think that Jennifer Lawrence, while I do think she's great and she's a great actress and she does a good job here, I think her performance is a little overhyped. Um, maybe just for me. Um, I didn't think anything in this was substantial enough to merit an Academy Award nomination. Um, I don't know. It, it's it's kind of hard for me to describe, but you because know, I didn't I, think I didn't think she was bad, but compared to uh, Christian Bale and Amy Adams at the the top of the line, Jennifer Lawrence seemed a lot lower, and it just seems sort yeah. of unfair to other people who could have been nominated that Jennifer Lawrence was up there too. And maybe maybe that's it. Maybe I've never had actually. Uh, it would be interesting. I, I don't know how you'd figure this out, but maybe I like Jennifer Lawrence when she's not next to these A grade actors. Because I really do like Jennifer Lawrence in 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 things like uh, Hunger Games and X Men, and I was trying to figure out what happened and why is everybody lauding this performance? I think without without question, it is the worst performance I've seen from her to date. Now it got better; it got better toward as the film progressed. But that that first, I would say, first forty five minutes to an hour of the film, or or how you know, and every time we saw her on screen in the first half of the film, or even more than that. I didn't buy a bit of her performance, not a bit. It didn't. I mean, her 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 accent was wildly fluctu- fluctuating, like it, it wasn't consistent at all. Uh, uh-huh. I didn't buy the uh, any anything behind the performance. I didn't take it seriously at all. It just didn't work on it, almost any level. Whereas you know, with Amy Adams and Christian Bale, they they owned those roles, and she was yeah. she was Jennifer Lawrence playing somebody. Yeah, I mean, for me, I don't think it's necessarily the proximity to the better performances that lowers hers for me because I have seen silver linings playbook where she's there with Bradley Cooper and both of them are excellent in that. Um, whereas here they were probably my least favorite. Um, yeah. And so I, I just think it was one of those performances. She did a good job. Hooray for her, but I do not think it should be as, praised or lauded as it has been definitely not i mean yeah definitely not fizz do you have a rebuttal or are you in agreement no well i, I i'll give one of each side okay, okay? okay. <laughs> fair well, enough yes uh, go i would agree that i think her performance in this movie has largely been overhyped um oh. i was pretty astonished and a bit dismayed that she won the Golden Globe as Best Supporting Actress. Yeah. Um, I did not think her performance was that caliber. But at the same time, I think she could have earned a nomination, if not for anything else, but the scene in the bathroom alone with Amy Adams. Um, Because I thought that was... That's where she started to get better. Yeah, I thought that... I thought. That was a great, great scene. Um, and so that, you know, maybe that's what stuck. I mean, that's what, when I thought about her, I thought of the, the science oven scene and I thought about the scene in the bathroom and most of everything else was not as firmly planted in my mind. Um, so eh, maybe at least that I'm in, I'm in, I'm in both camps kind of, I can, uh-huh. I can, but I mean, not firmly planted in either because I definitely don't think she should be winning uh, a best supporting actress. Certainly. I, I don't even think she should have been because, nominated. Uh, I will be sad because Lupita Nyong'o, I think should win that. Oh, definitely. I, the, there shouldn't even be anybody else in the category com- compared to L- Lupita. Uh, anyway, 
that's a whole yeah. that's a whole different movie that we're not talking about right now. <laughs> right. <laughs> but yeah, she was amazing. And I I'm sure Julia Roberts and Sally Hawkins and uh June Squibb yeah. all all turned in just fine performances, but that was anyway. Yeah. Not even close. Yeah, I mean right. I I definitely feel like that she should not even have been nominated for this. I mean, with without question the worst performance I've ever seen of her. Not not to say that it's not watchable, just that I've seen her do so much better. Yeah, I, would I say, think it almost might just be her writing a little bit of the Jennifer Lawrence hype that we've I think got the so, past couple for of years. Sure. Yes. Yeah. Well, I think if anything it's writing the the David O. Russell hype because if that I'm too. not mistaken, this is uh this is nominated for best original screenplay, right? Yeah. And while I love lots of the dialogue, I don't think the actual screenplay itself is worthy, uh, maybe even of a nomination, but that, yeah, that's fair. Well, that's, Um, that's the next point on my list. Go ahead, Chad. And then I'll get to that. uh, I think it's worth noting that this is the second year in a row that a David O. Russell film has had nominations in all four actor categories. Um, and so it's almost like, well, he did it again. And so, or he could do it again. So let's, let's put this actress in here. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Oh, and like I said, I think, I think American hustle, while I really enjoyed the movie, I mean, like we'll get to, you know, our star ratings later, but like, while I really enjoyed the movie, uh, I thought it was, I thought it wasn't perfect. And I definitely didn't think it was, you know, I think it's a product of, Oscar award season pre buzz. Yep. For sure. I think it was specifically put out at a certain time. David O. Russell's put his name on it. We've got an amazing cast and it's going to be in people's minds when the, right before the nominations come out. Um, right. And it's not too heavy where people aren't going to have seen it like um, some movies and it's not too light. So people at least take it seriously enough to watch it. Yeah. Yep. Um, so it's like the perfect storm. It's basically it. Was there a movie about this, like putting out the perfect movie at just the right time, even if it's not the best movie, Sounds but it has familiar. all the right pieces? Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, and, so. and that's one thing that I said. Somebody asked me earlier today when they heard I was going to be doing the podcast tonight, like, oh, so what did you think of the movie? I said, well, it has a lot of the trappings of a good movie. Like a lot of the pieces are in place. It just feels like. The, the movie didn't know exactly what to do with them. And I, I think I've fleshed that out even more. I, I think that what I like about the movie is the writing of the dialogue is really good. The acting is excellent with the exception of Jennifer Lawrence. And I wouldn't even, I don't think I am hating as much on Bradley Cooper as, as you would be Chad. So I didn't, the only person I had a problem with was Jennifer Lawrence. Um, I think where I find this movie to be troubled is with the screenplay and it just seems to lack focus. And as, as, as it progresses, it just spins out of control. Like they didn't know where to go with the story. They didn't know what to do. They didn't know how to bring it in for a landing. And it, it, it just, it just, by the time the movie was over it, and, and it's never a good sign when at some point you start looking at your watch, at least for me, it's like, I'm, not, I'm figuratively speaking, I'm sitting here going, how long have I been in this theater? Why isn't the story wrapped yet? Where are they going? What's the point? I, I just feel like the screenplay sort of spun out of control. Yeah. Well, um, I, I think you've actually hit on two of my dislikes uh, as well, uh, TJ. But to tell you my dislike and to tell you why, I'm going to talk about The Wolf of Wall Street. <laughs> that's that's allowed. That's allowed. We, we, we talk um, about The Wolf of Wall Street on here. Okay, so... I feel like the Wolf of Wall Street 
um, is essentially thematically about the same thing as American Hustle is. It's about the pointing out of how the system is broken. Sure. No, I sure I can see that. All right. So, and as far as that goes, um, the Wolf of Wall Street does an immensely better job at pointing um, that that idea out and fleshing it out and kind of driving it home. But American Hustle gives us such interesting and well-acted characters, we kind of forget that the movie's kind of supposed to have a point. Uh-huh. Right. I think a lot of um, people do anyway. I didn't forget. Uh, well, I mean, you know, like at the like but what that does is mean that in American Hustle we have a 138 minute movie that to me felt like 3 hours long by the end. Yes, yes, thank you. Perfect. Where, yes. Whereas The Wolf of Wall Street was a 3 hour movie that when it was over I was like that was 3 hours? It only felt like 2 hours maybe. Um it just flew by. Um and I think that has a lot to do with storytelling. Um I think well, it's uh, Martin Scorsese, he's a master storyteller. And and that's true. And you know, it has a lot to do with focus and understanding what the point is. Because American Hustle, lots of these characters were fun to watch. They were fun to follow. I enjoyed watching them interact and getting in these kind of weird situations. But at some point it got tiring because it didn't seem to go anywhere. Right. Um, But that doesn't mean to say that it was completely uh, meandering or without purpose. I just didn't think it it wrapped up well. So, like I said, if if you compare the, like, it really helped to watch American Hustle. And then I think a week later I watched uh, – the Wolf of Wall Street, and I said, "Oh, that's what it was about American Hustle that I didn't like as much." Mm. But oh. I could easily watch American Hustle again and enjoy everything about it. Um, I just, you know, not not going to win an award for me for Best Picture. Yeah, and and for me, I probably won't even see it again. Like I I I didn't like it enough to ever want to see it again. I liked it okay. I mean, I didn't dislike my time in the theater. It's just like, yeah. Nah. But like I said, I say that to say that the, both the points that you brought up, I mean, I, there are also dislikes to me. Apparently, you know, we, we have a chasm of slight difference about how much of a dislike it is. But, <laughs> right. the, but, but I mean, like, but we're still agreeing. I mean, we, we can see the flaws in the film. Yeah, no. And, and, and that's acceptable. That's fine. I mean, there's certainly films that I like that I would admit flaws. And I feel like that's where you're mm-hmm. at with American Hustle. Is that is that a fair assessment? Yeah, yeah. I mean, like I said, I, it it made my top thirteen. I mean, like it would well, it technically made my top ten. You know, I, I thought it was one of the better films that came out last year. So I definitely yeah. did not like it. But you know, I I think people can misunderstand that as being like you know this is something that you have to own or you have to you know uh, whatever. And I guess we'll get to that a little bit later when we wrap up. But you know, there were still plenty of things wrong with this film. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, Chad. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I I have one final point, and it kind of builds on the point that we've been talking about, and and that's this. I mean, as the screenplay spun out of control for me, and then at the end of the film, I was left with the question, what what was the message again? See, because it it seems to me like, yes, the the con artist had a bit of a heart and and, and kind of um, was able to get things more where they needed to be based on what he felt was the right thing to do. But it still feels like, man, at the end of the day, he's a con artist, she's a con artist, they got away with it. What was the point again? Uh, you know, like, what what was the message that they were trying to give here? And I felt like that was very muddy. I didn't know what it was exactly. And you can go back and listen to episode 17 of the Real World Theology Podcast and you can find out. 
Yeah, and, and, and it's, it's a shame. Um, I actually saw today at some point that that was in my – I'm so behind on podcasts. And I saw in, in uh, Instacast – or no, rather, down, I switched to Downcast. I saw in Downcast that the episode had come in, and I actually started to listen to it on the way home. But I haven't I, – you just barely got into the review when I got home, so I haven't listened to it. I hope it's good. I'm going to listen to it tomorrow morning on the way into work. Well – it's it's one of my favorite episodes that I've ever done because we talk about there's so much going on in this movie, uh, and I, like I said, I don't necessarily want to get too much into it. But the uh, like I said, it's something I hit on before. One of the things that I loved about this movie was the fact that it's it's like a very cynical look at the American dream. Um, like I said, you have a mayor who's trying to do everything he can. He is the only good person in this movie. True. Yes. You know, and he gets the the worst of it by the end. He gets the short end of the yeah. stick because to do the to, because to do what's right by the people that he loves, you know, via his family and his community, he has to do things that aren't legal. Um, right. and, and what happens is you have to kind of start dealing with the fact that like. Is this film a, a true look at how things are, or is it an overtly cynical look? Like no one can actually be good and succeed. You yeah, kind of have to. Yeah, you, that, kind of, you kind of have to have a little bad in you, or like what? What's what's the most important thing in life? Is it to like because uh, Bradley Cooper's character Richie Richie Damaso, if he would have just stopped with ca- catching the first couple people then he would have been like an acclaimed FBI guy. He would have had a lot of notoriety, yeah. but he wanted something bigger. He wanted to keep going and going. He was, you know, reaching and reaching and reaching. And he's the one who ends up having no notoriety. Whereas the people who were supposed to be bad guys, um, the con artist Irving and um, Sydney. Uh, Sydney, they end up finding something authentic, something real. And they end up living kind of happily ever after, right? Because they're they're content with something that's better than being successful. I mean, like I said, so it raises lots of really great questions. Yeah, uh, although if I can channel my inner re- real world theology side for a minute, or my inner movieology side, uh, um, I, I just feel like it's just coming from a little bit of a warped worldview on that front. Like, like I, I don't think the real world really works that way. Well, and that's and that's the discussion that I think you should have. Um, based on based on the movie, so but the movie sets up a situation where it, it makes something worthy of discussion. Yeah, and, no, for sure. I'm not saying you shouldn't see it. <laughs> I'm just saying, no, yeah, no, no, yeah. But like, you, you're wondering what the point is, and I think that's the point that they were trying to make, which you know was was the what you pointed out earlier, the like that kind of rocks into the dislike category, right. You know, the, I think what they tried to do, the themes that they were touching on were some of some really great conversation starters, some really interesting looks at it. But ultimately, I don't think they did a very good job um, kind of bringing those points home or bringing you to any conclusions. And, and so it ended up in, in my dislike as well. OK. All right, well, gentlemen, let's let's bring this thing in for a landing, and let's let's talk about our uh, concluding thoughts. And Chad, you've been quiet for a while you're over there on your iPad, you know, with with your with your poor quality audio and stuff. So let, let's let's yeah. uh, let's get your thoughts here. Okay, I mean, I enjoyed the film overall. Actually, sort of listening to all of us talk and discuss this, I, I lowered my rating by just half a star. <laughs> I'm sorry, um, because well, I know mean, that's fine. That's it's good to have this discussion and just really see, you know, where does this film stand? And mm-hmm. um, I mean, I think we've all brought up some really great points. I think um, my 
enjoyment of the film still stands, but there uh, are those story issues that I just may not have noticed because I was having too much fun watching the characters. And um, so that being said, I, I think I'm going to sit this one at a four out of five stars. I, I thought that Christian Bale and Amy Adams especially were uh, fantastic. Everybody else was pretty good. Um, the movie is lots of fun, whether you're there for the story or not. Um, it's worth seeing. Okay, Fizz? Um, basically, all the stuff Chad just said. Uh, I also gave it four four out of five stars. Um, I, I definitely think if you get a chance, you should watch this film. I do think it's a lot of fun, even if by the end it does feel a little long. Um, and even in spite of... The, you know, the little critiques we've had of the story itself or kind of how it wrapped itself up or presented itself. I I think you'll be hard pressed to find, like I said, a better ensemble in a movie from 2013 than you, than you had in this cast. Yeah. And like I said, these characters were just, even though lots of times it seemed like they were meandering, it was fun just to watch them meander and interact with one another. The performances were so great and the, the direction was so good. So if you get a chance, watch it. Yeah. All right. So for my final wrap up here, I've been vacillating back and forth since I've seen the movie. Is it a two and a half star film? Is it a three star film? Is it a three and a half star film? And I have at any point and at some point between last night and right now, I have been at all three of those points. Because there are a lot of things to like about this movie. In fact, if you guys looked at the show outline earlier, you would have seen a different star rating than what you'll see there now. Uh-oh. Um, I, I, I'm still going back and forth, but I think I've landed. I think I've finally landed. Um, I think it's a little bit better than a two-and-a-half-star film. I don't think it quite gets up to the three-and-a-half-star territory for me. But at the same time, I was thinking about it I was, I, as I was thinking, would I recommend somebody see this film? And I don't normally if it's only two-and-a-half stars. And I would... So I kind of brought it back up to three. You kind of get a peek into my thought process here. <laughs> well, um, that works. So, yeah, I think I'm going to go with three out of five stars just because I do think I did enjoy the character, uh, watching these characters, watching the great performances of Amy Adams and Christian Bale uh, and the great writing in the in the dialogue, not in the overall uh, arc of the story. Um, I, I think it's worth seeing once. Uh, again, I don't have a desire to ever see it again, but I do think it's worth seeing once. And like you said, Fizz and Chad, I think you said it too. It does feel a, a tad long, um, and that's not to that doesn't help. <clears throat> excuse me, that doesn't help the movie. But um, yeah, that's that's kind of where I'm at right now. And and like you said, it, it does bring up some great questions. And and yeah, I think that the worldview is slightly warped, and I think that that's a good thing to do is to watch it and to ask those questions. Well, I think it's even better because what we've what we've seen happen through our discussion here is what I would always hope happen when people come out of a really good movie, and that's Chad's downgraded his a little bit, <laughs> and TJ's <laughs> brought his up a little bit slightly. So I feel like we've all influenced each other a little bit. Yeah. I, of course, am awesome, so I didn't have to change mine because I got it right. I was going to say, we, we've all influenced each other or Chad and I have been influenced? No, basically the conversation we've had here, I, I think I rated this, like, uh, before I saw The Wolf of Wall Street, I think I had this at, like, I was like, is this four and a half stars? I think this is four and a half stars. Um, 
And after watching The Wolf of Wall Street and after having some conversations uh, with my wife and some of my other uh, movie friends and based on the conversation that I had uh, on on the latest episode of the uh my podcast uh, about American hustle. I, I ended up going, yeah, it's four. It's, it's a solid four. It's not, it's not much higher than four though. Okay. So you've already been so, through this and, and yeah, that's, I, I basically did this and that's my bad. Not having been able to listen to that, your podcast yet. Normally I'm all caught up when we, when we do it, but I just, no, it's no, crazy. Hey. All right, guys. Well, this has been a lot of fun. Uh, I wasn't sure how much we're going to be able to talk about it from my part perspective, but there was quite a bit to talk about. So that's good. Um, yeah. So, Fizz, now now that you keep teasing us with, with this uh, real-world theology thing, people might want to know where they can find that at, and they might want to follow you. I, I, I don't know why. I mean, the, who, who, who even knows what your name is? Mikey, Mike, Fizz, Fizzle? I, I don't know. Nobody knows. But why don't you tell us a little bit about how that can work out? Well, I feel, I feel like I'm conceited now. Like, oh, I've been dropping his hands the whole time. <laughs> Um, it was, I promise it was relevant to the conversation. No, it was. Um, well, o- over on my podcast, uh, not only do we really love watching movies, but we believe that entertainment is not mindless and that story is powerful. So we try to, so, so we examine the narratives that are shaping our culture, uh, in that understanding. So if that seems interesting to you, the audience member, then check out real world theology. Um, you can find us on the web at realworldtheology.com. That's R E E L worldtheology.com uh, you can find us on Facebook um, definitely on iTunes uh, if you want to you know tell me how I'm silly or something then you can follow me on Twitter at physification or you can follow the podcast uh, see when shows come out and stuff like that at real world Theo and we actually just like I said we just put out our American hustle episode a week ago or so uh, so it's one of the few times I will probably ever beat TJ to discussing a movie um, yeah it's pretty crazy <laughs> Because, I mean, t- like, over here at the Movie Bite, they're on top of their game. You know, what can I say? Well, thank so, you. Thank you. But, <laughs> but we, we did talk about, like, the cynical view of the American dream, uh, how in the film the, the good guys seem to finish last. And we even talk about the, the broken system that is awards season. So <laughs> nice. if, any, if any of that's interesting to you, you know, check us out. And uh, well, appreciate I'm, it. I'm looking forward to listening tomorrow as I drive into work. So that'll be fun. And I will put a link to that episode in the show notes as well. Yay. Chad, uh, if, if we can understand you on that crazy iPad that you've got there, why don't you let us know how people can keep up with you? Okay, well, you can read my movie stuff at chadlikesmovies.com. You can find me on Facebook at facebook.com slash chad.hopkins, and then on Twitter at twitter.com slash, slash chadadada, C-H-A-D-A-D-A-D-A. I lost track that time. Uh, <laughs> you, <did. laughs> you need a better Twitter username. No, no he, I love Chad's Twitter name. Okay. <laughs> Once you get it under your fingers and muscle memory, it's just like a breeze. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, and 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 for those of you who can't figure out how many letters and, and crazy crazy stuff that is, uh, just find Chad's profile on moviebyte.com. Yeah. You find it under moviebyte.com slash people. Uh, is that right? Or hang on. Let me look it up. <laughs> I redesigned the site and I changed some of the URL structures. I don't know what's going on here. Yeah. People slash Chad dash Hopkins. There you go. And you'll find all kinds of links there to all kinds of stuff. He's got a hyphenated name. I didn't know that. (laughs) (laughs) And you can follow me on Twitter. Uh, I am TJ Draper Pro on Twitter. You can follow Movie Byte on Twitter. Isn't that great? That's awesome. Everything that we post on Movie Byte goes out to the Twitter stream. Uh, That is, uh, strangely enough, Movie Byte on Twitter. Uh, Of course, you can uh, go to the website, moviebyte.com, where I post something every single day, every single weekday. 
Uh, that again is moviebyte.com. Um, and uh, if you would take the time to give this show a rating, uh, actually, man, I, I meant to pull it up. I meant to talk about it, and I completely forgot at the beginning of the show. Let me try to pull up my app here that has this. Um, we did get a new review. No uh, way. Yes, in in the iTunes store. Uh, it is by, uh, I can't even pronounce this name, so some, some, some cool guy. Uh, love this. Discipline, focused, and organized. No rambling and wide detours off topic like podcast. <laughs> Wait, are you sure he's listening to our podcast? <laughs> Can't even say it. <laughs> I think he's leaving a review for the wrong podcast. But anyway, uh, thanks so much for the review. Rated it five stars. It was awesome. Love that. And that 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 really does help. Uh, it helps iTunes to know who's listening and all that good stuff. So uh, if you have time and if you haven't done it yet, be sure to do that. And that helps us uh, to stay uh, in the business. Uh, so with that, next week, we're going to be talking about the Lego movie, hopefully, with Joe Darnell. I actually just uh, I messaged him right before the show began to confirm, and he's like, oh, yeah, let, let me double check. I think that'll be good. So um, so we'll hopefully have Joe on to talk about that. He's really excited about it. I'm getting pretty excited about this film. I'm very I'm excited about I was, it. I, I downloaded the soundtrack today, and I'm just, I've been jamming. It's great. Great. Well, I mean, Fizz, if you want to join us, you're welcome to. You know that. So. Uh, just let us know. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll hopefully have Joe on, and that'll be fun to have him back. He founded the podcast with me, so that'll be fun. So looking forward to it. And uh, yeah, that's about it. That's it for us. Say bye, guys. Bye. Bye-bye. See you all later. Bye.